Welcome to the Mount Zion Wesleyan Church Podcast. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to step into the life God has for you. For more information about our church, visit us online at mountzionwesleyan.com. Well, welcome everyone who is joining us online. We are so thrilled that you have chosen to join with us and worship with us today. Before we get started, I just want to share a little bit of news that I know you're going to get excited about. Last week, we had the opportunity to celebrate Next Steps. And from Sunday until this Sunday, we have had five people accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. So wherever you are, in your living room, on a treadmill, whatever you're doing this morning, somebody get excited about that and let's celebrate what God is doing here among us. Now, this week, we are starting our new Christmas series, our new Advent series, and we're so excited about that. And what I have come to know at the tender age of 40 is that there were portions of scripture that my Sunday school teacher as a kid did not teach me. And I'm not surprised by that because there are stories in the scriptures that are just, for lack of a better word, weird. They're just odd. It seems like they are misplaced. For example, there's this story about a bald man named Elijah And these young men begin to mock him and begin to make fun of him. So what does Elisha do? He he curses them. And about that moment, these bears emerge from the woods and they actually attack these young men. And you think, I understand why our Sunday school teachers didn't teach us this. Or there's this time where Jesus steps off of this boat and this naked, demon-possessed man comes up to him, and he is just talking all of this gibberish, and Jesus decides to heal him in this moment. And the man, he's beginning to talk to him and communicate through the demons, and the demons ask Jesus, would you just cast us into this swine, into these pigs? And Jesus does that. He casts all of the demons into these pigs, and they all run off this hillside. And you think to yourself, that's just, just weird. And it's things that we, we don't teach now, oftentimes. But the question that I want us to get to through this series is, have we sanitized the Bible too much? Is it a possible that we have taken these stories and because we don't want to offend or because they just seem out of place, or because they seem maybe weird, we have just created this landscape that we just avoid. Is it possible that we have created this fairy tale of sort? I think oftentimes this is exactly what we have done in regard to the Christmas story. We have made this character, this kid-friendly character in Jesus and Mary and Joseph and all the characters that make up the nativity that we have sitting on our mantles, that we observe in these snow globes. And it's just this picture perfect. And it's relatable to a child. But as we get older, it really never makes its way out of this fairy tale story. The reality is there's a very dark side to the Christmas story. And 
you can call me a Scrooge if you will, but I think until we learn to embrace the dark side of the Christmas story, we can never fully embrace the hope that comes through Christ coming. You see, the reality is that baby Jesus had to come and had to die on a cross so that you and so that I could be forgiven for our sins. But as we grow up, we still kind of embrace this fictional story, this fairy tale story of the nativity. For instance, this picture that we are looking at now, it's got this concrete walls. I've never seen a more beautiful manger than this moment. And did you know that Jesus was two years old when he came from Mary? And did you know that he was this white child? And look at Mary. I mean, if she gave birth to six pound baby Jesus, I doubt that she would look like this. And one of the things that you have to notice in most of the art when it details the Christmas story are these halos that are above their heads. I mean, what's that about? Could it be that when we think about the Christmas story, that they are just unrelatable characters that you and I really have a hard time connecting with? The reality is that the Christmas story is one of real people who lived real lives and they faced real events that sometimes got real weird and produced real fears in a very real way. And I'm thankful for this because as we walk through this season of difficulty and uncertainty, I don't know about you, but I need a Jesus that is relatable I need to be able to somehow connect to this story, not this cookie cutter Jesus, not this fairy tale, but an actual real life event that took place. In fact, the writer of Hebrews in regard to Jesus says this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as you are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When we read the scripture, there are two primary questions that we should ask ourselves. How did this happen? And then, what would I do? Another way of thinking through this is when you find yourself in a weird situation, when you find yourself in a circumstance that you would not have chosen, oftentimes we ask this question, how did this happen? How did I find myself in this situation? How do I find myself today in these circumstances? And then, what will I do now? So as we read this Christmas story, may we read it through the lens. What would I do if this happened to me? So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter one. 
We're going to begin in verse 26, and we're going to read through verse 27, and then we're just going to kind of unpack this story. But remember, as we are reading this story, I want you to ask the question, what would I do if this happened to me? So Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So let's stop right there. Now, an angel is just a messenger of God. And what we always notice when we see an angel throughout scripture is that an angel, there is always light and there's always fear. No matter where you see an angel in scripture, you will always see a bright light and then you will always see fear. Now, Mary lives in a country of Israel in this section called Galilee in a town called Nazareth. Now, Nazareth, it was about 600 people that made up this town. So in context, you got to think that Denton, Denton has about 1,600 people that live there. So take 1,000 people away from Denton. And this is where Mary grew up. And Mary, she was pledged to a man to be married named Joseph. Now, it is thought that Mary was probably between the ages of 13 and 16 years of age. It is also thought that Joseph was probably between the ages of 35 and 40, which this seems really weird today, and it is very, very weird today. But back then, it would not have been. In fact, the normal life expectancy for a man because of the health and because of the working conditions was only about 45 to 50 years of age, which is probably why we don't hear much about Joseph when Jesus turns 12 years of age. Now, it also tells us that Mary is a virgin, which means that she had reached the age where her body could produce a child. So once again, we have to think about this question. What would you do if this happened to me? So Mary, this 13-year-old girl, sees this bright light, and she's fearful. Why? Because Mary is a normal person, just like you are and just like I am. And if I see an angel glowing or this man standing in my bedroom in the middle of the night, I'm reaching over to the nightstand to grab my home security device, and there's going to be a situation on our hands. So if you keep on reading in verse 28, the angel went to her and said, greetings, You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And Mary, she was greatly troubled. Why was she greatly troubled? Because Mary is a real person just like you and just like me. And at this, his words, she wondered what kind of greeting might this be? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of the father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. So once again, the question that we have to ask in this moment If this happened to you, what would you do? And we would do exactly what Mary did. Why? 
because Mary is a real person and this was a real event that took place. So Mary asked the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? I've never been with a man, so how is it possible that I'm going to have a child? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. What Mary was saying in this moment is I don't understand. I have far more questions than answers. I don't even know what I am agreeing to. I don't know that I would choose these circumstances, but this is what I know, that God can do the impossible and that I am his servant and I am believing that God can do what no one else can do. Not only that, I think as a young 13-year-old girl from a small town, Mary is recognizing that God chooses people that ordinary people wouldn't choose to do things that we never thought possible in ways that we never considered. And I don't know what circumstances you're facing this morning. I know that when we look at our world, we have far more questions than answers. But let us be reminded that God oftentimes uses those that feel that they have not been qualified that they are lacking, but because of his goodness and because of his sovereignty and because of his mercies, God can choose people that would never be considered before. And he can do abundantly more in them, with them, and through them. So I asked the question, what is it in Mary that gave her such boldness? Why is it that this young 13-year-old girl could, in this moment of fear, of uncertainty, how is it that her response is, Father, your will be done. I will do whatever you ask of me. And I've searched, and the answer that I can find it shouldn't surprise you, but the answer is simply faith. So what is faith? Faith is this belief in God that he will do exactly what he says he will do and that he will fulfill his promises. In other words, Mary in this moment, Mary is saying, God, I'm all in. Everything that I have all of my uncertainty, all of my inadequacies, all of my questions, all of my doubts, all of my fears, I'm setting them all aside. My future, my preferences, my dreams, my comfort, I'm setting them all aside in pursuit of you. Now make no mistake about it, when Mary said yes to God, her life, it, it didn't get better. 
In fact, it got worse. There was more difficulty that followed. I mean, can you imagine? Once again, this is a very real person that had lived in a very real world. And she had to tell Joseph, hey, Joseph, we're expecting. And Joseph, who was a very real man, would have questioned this. So the angel revealed himself to Joseph and said, listen, the child that is in Mary has been placed there by the Holy Spirit. And this is God's perfect will. So Joseph, who before this moment, he had decided that he was going to just get rid of Mary. He was going to be kind, but he had to leave this relationship. And now all of a sudden, he too, out of faithful obedience, was saying yes to circumstances that he would not have chosen. He was saying yes to a condition that he would not have been a part of other than the fact that God was calling him to it. Mary, Two years later, there would be this tyrant king who said that all the two-year-old boys were to be murdered, and she would have to flee, baby in hand. 33 years later, she would have to hold the unrecognizable, lifeless body of her son, who she had stood at the foot of the cross why he hung there and breathed his last breath. You see, there is a very dark side to the Christmas story. And I believe unless we embrace that, we can never truly embrace the hope that comes through the sacrifice of Christ Jesus so that you and I can experience the freedom that only comes through faithful obedience. This is what I know in this season, that there's going to be circumstances that you would not choose. There is going to be a situation. There's gonna be a time that you sit in the driveway and you take a deep breath and the news that you have you're going to have to choose if you're going to reveal it, knowing it in, when you say it, everyone's life is going to drastically change. You're going to sit in front of a doctor and the doctor is going to tell you a diagnosis and you would have never chosen that and you never thought you would find yourself in this situation. And in this moment, you're going to have to ask the question, why did this happen to me? And then you're going to have to ask the question, just like Mary, what will I do now? And my prayer for you is the same prayer that I've had for myself, that we will respond much like Mary responded God, I don't have all the answers. And, and I wouldn't choose this. But let your will be so. Find me faithful in all that I say and all that I do. And God, I set aside my, my dreams and my hopes and my wants, 
my comfort and my personal preferences, all in pursuit of living a life in obedience and submission to your will. You see, once again, the Christmas story is about Jesus stepping out of heaven and stepping into our mess so that we could have freedom, so that we could spend eternity with him, so that we could experience the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven here and now. So may our response be when we find ourselves in circumstances and conditions that we would not choose, when the climate that we experience is not favorable, when we have far more questions than answers, may we, like Mary, be faithful and obedient in our response to God. Father, your will be done. It is my life and I give it to you. I am your servant. Well, church, we love you and we're so thankful for you. And we trust and we hope that you have had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And we cannot wait to gather next Sunday. And in the meantime, be looking for these opportunities in which you can proclaim that he is good and that he is faithful and that he is sovereign and that he is for us. We love you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your grace and we thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your presence here and now. So Father, when we find ourselves in circumstances and situations that we would not choose, may we, like Mary, be faithful and obedient in saying, thy will be done. It is in your strong, precious, and sufficient name we pray. Amen. Church, we love you, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Mount Zion Wesleyan Church podcast. We hope this message has inspired you to take a next step in your walk with Jesus. For more messages or to watch our full worship gathering on demand, visit us online at mountzionwesleyan.com.